This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. In this special edition of The Great Equalizer, we're talking media consumption in the time of corona. With all the added noise that's cropped up, we thought we'd bring in another voice of reason. So we chat to parenty editor and seasoned journalist Farrah Seville about separating the wheat from the chaff. Hello. Hello. (laughs) A bit of an odd one this week. Mm-hmm. Um, or today, I suppose, because we've had uh, an episode this week and we're going to have another. So, <laughs> um, in today's episode, we're going off the beaten track, Charlene. It's a bit of a bonus episode, I suppose, if you will. But that doesn't make it any less important than our usual episodes, obviously. No, no, I think quite the opposite. So, to put it all in context, parenting editor Farah Seville and I were having a little chat about the fake news that's been going on around corona and COVID-19. Oh, my God. These conspiracy theorists have been killing me. Right? It's, it's like it's, it's become increasingly difficult to drown out the noise. And a month ago, or more than a month ago, we were bitching about the noise. So, mm. um, listeners, your TGE gals and Parenty, um, one of our fave parenting platforms, thought that we'd take our discussion to the airwaves to chat about consuming media as parents. And helping our children consume media in an appropriate fashion. So, naturally, we got Ms. Farah on the line. Guys, our guest today is an award-winning journalist and editor who started her career in South Africa working for some of the most reputable media houses in Johannesburg. Most notably, Farah worked as a lifestyle editor for The Citizen and during this tenure, she won the coveted Editor of the Year Award for Digital and Commercial Innovation in the Newsroom. Farah also had a stint in public relations and social media and most recently worked in Qatar on some major hospitality and retail accounts. That was before she headed back to SA to freelance for several publications, including Times Live and The Citizen, not to mention Have a Baby. Check. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) when it comes to news consumption, this lady is the one we need to be talking to. And so, obviously, we have her on the line. Welcome, Welcome Farah. Farah. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining <laughs> us uh, for this all-important discussion. But, um, look, Farah, the most important uh, discussion that we have on the show, and one that you're not immune to, is um, telling our audience first and foremost a little bit more about yourself and about who calls you mom. So, uh, currently I am the managing editor of uh, a site called Parenty that has just grown in leaps and bounds over the last couple of months. Um, and the uh, Parenty site is powered by the Citizen, so it's backed by the Citizen uh, newspaper, um, and we have a little team. 
And our site just covers everything relating to parenting, you know, whether you're um, looking for tips on how to co-parent to how to, you know, decorate your nursery. And then the person that calls me mom, it's very cute. Um, she's five months old and her name is Leah. She was a preemie baby. She was born six weeks before her due date. So just like her mom, always worried about deadlines, getting in ahead of the you know, ahead of the curve. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, five months trying to, um, you know, do the site and be a new mom and get some sleep and everything all in one. Yeah. Listen, I just, I think, uh, considering that you gave birth late last year to a preemie baby and started a new job that you're acing <laughs> at, I just need to do this. <laughs> I don't know about acing, but yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> well, if you take into consideration that most people are only going back to work now yeah. when when you have already <laughs> been working all this time and raised a five-month-old. Well, I'm very lucky because, you know, um, I've been able to work from home and I have a good support structure. Um, you know, my husband's like really active and very involved, which is like really awesome. Um, and it's also like my parents' first grandchild, mm. so you know they've been really supportive as well. Well, so, you're yeah. you're super it's- humble, Farah. Um, <laughs> but I, I take it that you're not worried about uh, your five-month-old hearing false information about the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to you have to uh, worry. Like before lockdown, when she was spending time with my parents. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the older folks do have, you know, their own theories, well, you know, their own remedies. Exactly. So we're, this is what we're going to get into. And I just think, yes. I think your heart's in the same place as ours, as someone in the parenting media right now. And, and so we're just a little concerned for parents out there right mm. and and our news consumption and that's what we were chatting about the other day just yeah, like yeah. oh my god how do we navigate this right mm. so i think that what's happening at the moment uh with COVID 19 is that i think we're just so overly consumed with it it's on our tv it's on our radio it's everywhere it's on social media it's everywhere we turn and it then becomes a little bit difficult to navigate how we consume it and also becomes difficult to separate what's factual from what's fictional and what's fake news from what's real. Right. Uh, I think I think we're all, you know, kind of like in a vulnerable state at the moment and anything that we hear or see, we can potentially take it to be the gospel and we in dangerous territory when it comes to that not just for us as the parents but for our kids as well especially teenagers or tweens uh, anyone any child that has access to a phone mm. um, you know so um, I think that we just uh, we need to figure out a way as parents um to help navigate the situation, both from a consumption point of view and then from a point of view of parenting the situation of fake news, basically. Yeah, exactly. So uh, first and foremost, 
I want to talk about the bullshit that's being bandied about, that's filling our heads um, before we chat about what's filling our, our teens and preteens' heads. So most recently, and, and we chatted about this this afternoon, was Earbud Guy. <laughs> mm, yeah, good old Earbud Guy. <laughs> found his way to court. Yes, um, Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. he has a date with destiny in the, yeah. in the court. And Rightfully so. I'm so glad that, that there's actually examples are being made for these people. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ridiculous. I mean, this is an, an incredible crisis that we as a society are facing. Mm. And this is the kind of nonsense that's going mm. on. That's madness. Yeah. So, Farid, yeah, so, I mean, do you want to bring us up to speed on, on what exactly he did? So, basically, uh, what happened with him is there was a um, video that he created um, where he referenced uh, a couple of publications in the UK um, saying that the testing kits um, were contaminated with uh, COVID-19. And then this video started circulating on social media and it was shared um, lots and lots of times. But I think one of the most important things that, um, you know, really scared everyone in the video is that he told people to, to if if government wanted to test you, that you, you should turn them away, mm. you know. And as we all know, with the coronavirus, that testing is one of the hugest uh, most important part in preventing the spread of it. So it got shared, and you know, um, you know, Twitter being Twitter, um, obviously, you know, there's somebody that reported him, and it all came to the attention of the authorities, and he was actually arrested. So that's basically what happened with Earbud Guy. Um, and yeah, I was thinking, um, I was thinking like, why is this so dangerous? And first, because I'm looking at it and I, I don't even open those videos. So I, mm. I didn't even see it. I actually had to smuggle in a copy today <laughs> so that I could bring myself up to speed because mm. I just ignored it. But so many people yeah. don't ignore it. And I was thinking what makes that kind of information so dangerous and it's the fact that there are tons of people who do believe it and for all the good work that our government has done and for mm. a lot of us surprisingly so here are people doing dumbass things to get in the way of the good work that government is doing and that's number one you know i think what i also find scary about it is um at, even in the early stages, Sam, when you and I first started talking on the podcast about this virus, there was, it's like this fear mongering that, that's going on. This, we have this culture of, of, uh, I don't know why. I mean, if something is, and we said in that episode already, if you are concerned about something, listen to the authorities that are the credible sources and go with what their recommendation is. You don't need to, Pass on information because those the the World Health Organization, the Institute for Communicable Diseases, the the credible news sources within this country, they will report the information. And I think what we we I say we as a society um, make the a, a big mistake of not fact checking information that gets sent to us, and then we become part of the problem 
by distributing false information. And you then become as guilty as the person that, that fabricated it originally because you're now part of the problem. You're just spreading, you're fear-mongering those around you, not with malicious intent, but you, you don't realize. And I actually uh, had to, on some of our family groups, like when messages came through, respond with, just fact check over here. This is a hoax. This, please don't pass this on. Please delete this message because it's so dangerous. And now that people are being arrested for this kind of stuff, you need to be careful what you are spreading. And unintentionally, you might be doing something that it could severely be damaging to you and those around you. Right. I I actually, um, I mean, I hesitate to to say it, but we've we've been chatting a lot about the dangers of of family groups, and I think I, I wanted to mention about because that's also something that I've been thinking about, and and that's how we as younger generation and everybody who comes after, I think uh, we fall in the millennials group, I suppose. Everybody who will come after that are, I think, um, more adept at picking up false information. You can't kind of blame our parents, I don't think, and uh, the baby boomers because we know how easy it is to create, publish, and disseminate information, right? Yeah. Um, we grew up in the age of information. We grew up in a technology boom. We are, you know, preteens and younger are making freaking TikTok videos that look like music videos from the 1970s. I mean, um, our parents, on the other hand, were always reliant on the 8 o'clock news and newspapers, and that's it. So they have a lot more trust in... Um, news uh, sites or wet and uh, I suppose in all information that's disseminated than what we do. I think our generation looks at it with a more critical eye. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. I don't know what you think, Farah. So, I mean, I think that, um, like you say, um, I think what happened was there was no phasing um, phasing uh, into how information was accessed. It was just sort of like, boom, it's there. Mm. So then it became difficult to actually um, distinguish, distinguish, you know, what was real and what wasn't. What can I trust and, and what, like, exactly. what is actually a credible source and, and it, what is it, not. Exactly. And it goes back to what uh, Sam was saying about like how quickly you can publish a story. It's the same, at the same speed that's how quickly you can share a story on WhatsApp or forward it on email or send it wherever, you know, on whatever platform you're on. So there's even um, with, say, bloggers, for example, or um, people that publish information, that verification process has still very much lied or stayed within newsrooms. Mm. Whereas if you can self-publish, that verification process gets taken away. So um, I think that, you know, if you're going to talk about like, oh, like with our generation and the generation to come or, the, you know, um, the the younger kids, they might be able to make that, dis- uh, that distinction quite easily. Whereas um, maybe with our parents, that distinction isn't that easy to make. Um, also, there is this thing of like um, the dimin- diminishing of newspapers and traditional print. So, yeah, 
So yes. as they start consuming that, you know, newspapers aren't there as much as they used to be. They're looking for other places to rely on information. And they're looking so the at first, social media. They're looking at and Facebook. And they're looking at yeah. social media and Facebook and WhatsApp and mm. any other kind of social media platform that they might be on. That's such so, a good point. Yeah. You know, the lines are kind of like blurred um, in between um, what's verified, what's fact-checked, um, what gets published. Um, and so even with sort of traditional uh, publications that are online, that verification process is still there. Mm. But for a lot of others, where you uh, are content creators, that verification process isn't there. Mm. The fact-checking isn't there. And what happens is sometimes opinions become um, what appears to be fact. And I think that's like what happened with the 5G story. Yes, oh my You know, God. I think that was like a theory of that somebody had, you know, that which they're you know, entitled maybe it's to, the right? Rollout of five, yeah, which is the rollout of five G. All of a sudden, people are getting sick. It's being rolled out, and you know, let's start. You know, there must be a link between the two, and then that became like, you know, now a sort of fact, if you want to call it that. An opinion became a fact, and then it started getting shared. It's the same thing like when, you know, there was remedies being shared for. um for coronavirus, drink, I don't know, boiled garlic or whatever, you know, <laughs> like... Um, or take malaria medication. Or take malaria medication, yeah. exactly. So, you know, I mean, I think one of the most dangerous ones was that, you know, the, the virus was man-made in China and, that, mm. you know, um, and the implications of that was obviously uh, heavily tied into... Um, racism mm. and xenophobia. Mm. So, you know, it's a few people might have share that thinking and then it becomes um, fact for them. Mm. You know, an opinion becomes fact. You know, that's so interesting because Sam and I actually early in this, when this uh, virus started, uh, like I think it was just after the first case was uh, in reported in yeah. South Africa. Um, I had an interesting discussion with an acquaintance and um, he shared information with me that he had discussed with an acquaintance of his that had like these conspiracy theories. And it was just an innocent conversation that was casually had. And then I heard it and it was like an interesting conspiracy theory. And it's interesting how these things could blow out of proportion. Mm. You have to be so mindful because... I had that conversation and I mentioned it to Sam and her and I discussed it in depth. But you also have to understand who you talk to about these things and be responsible with mm. these conspiracy theories because I I didn't share it with everybody that I know. I discussed it with my husband and with Sam because I know how dangerous that kind of an opinion can be and in the wrong hands what it could become. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because my husband actually said to me, um, what could you do if I told you that I was one of those people that seriously believed the 5G conspiracy theory? And I told him that I'd ask for a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you see what that does. You see what misinformation does. It, it breaks up families, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, look, what's been bandied about a lot here in this discussion is opinion. And we spoke about how opinion can, can become fact, but also just the irritation of even people saying, look, it's just my opinion, but oh my God, do they give it, you know? And I think as much as technology has uh, been a blessing in this time where we're all apart. I mean, look now, we're recording a podcast via, you know, WhatsApp. During um, a lockdown. During mm. a lockdown. Yeah. We're still able to connect. We're still able to connect with our listeners and uh, your readership, Farah. And um, so it is a, a huge blessing. But at the same time, it's just we're inundated. And I I think all of, of all the mental breakdowns that I've had in the last three weeks, it's stemmed from me being crazy about something someone said on um, social media or or reading a news thing that I'm looking at with a critical eye and going, this is not a credible source or that's a dumb way to say it. Or, or, um, you know, I've just been, I've gotten so angry and overwhelmed by... Frustrated with it, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I want to know from you guys, how are you managing your personal news consumption? What's working for you to keep you sane or are you going mad? Uh, I think for me, it's a little bit different because <clears throat> I work uh, on a site that's part of a bigger news uh, site and a bigger news team. Right. So, that's a little bit different for me. Um and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about, you know, kind of distinguishing between what's real and what's not, what's opinion and what's fact. And for me, um, I have, must be honest, I have been starting to shut down afterwards. So we work uh, like, a, you know, sort of generally office hours, we all work from home and that's amazing. Um, but after, you know, when I'm supposed to be closing my laptop or putting my phone down, I am struggling. And what I've noticed is that it's also affected what time I go and sleep and the type of sleep that I'm getting. Mm. And <clears throat> I'm trying to have a down period so that, you know, say between nine and the time that I go to bed, I'm not watching CNN. I'm not watching ENCA, I'm not consuming news. I need to do something else other than look at news um, and look at my alerts and look at my phone and Facebook and Instagram and everything else that's going on. Um, just to decompress and also to limit just my exposure to it because it's, it's so consuming. It's not just um, what's being shared on WhatsApp and distinguishing between fake and real and opinion. But it's also the factual news that is constantly updated, that is constantly there. Mm. <clears throat> you know, I, like I say, because of the environment that I work in, I'm seeing updates all the time and I'm listening out for updates all the time. And I wake up and I look for updates. And it's, it's, um, it's gotten worse because of COVID-19. Um, I'm just looking for ways to just disconnect, you know. I'm, I've, it's gotten to desperate times where I'm like, I'll watch old reruns of Friends mm. because I just need something else. A distraction. Not, yeah, mm. to not think about, you know. I downloaded a crossword app. Like, I feel like, you know, like such a loser. 
I downloaded a crossword app on my phone just to do something else. Yeah. To not, it's, and it's Switch not your brain just that. Don't you guys also find that it's you consuming the news, um, it's on your social media, and then when you pick up the phone, what are you talking about to your friends and family? It's the same thing. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see so many people have it now? The numbers have increased, and this has happened. Did you see the states? Did you see what's happening here? Did you? See, you know, it just feels like it doesn't end. And on mm. a on a small level, as the great equalizer, a lot of people um, are sending us like uh, things to do with your kids in lockdown and have you know this is how you communicate to your children and did you see this article because they're like well Sam and Charlene will be interested in this because they can put it on their show so I can't imagine the type of stuff you're getting from people who think well Farah needs this for her site she can use it for her site oh my lord I don't I actually don't envy your position right now (laughs) at all I think People um, have good intentions when they do that, of course. But when you get like um, the same like kind of idea concept from like seven different people, saying like this is such a good idea, and I thought about this, and this, and or you've covered it already, or you've already done it, you know, it it does get a bit overwhelming. Yeah, I think overwhelming is the right word. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Charlene? I what what's working for you in terms of news consumption? Because I think. Yeah, we discussed it when when the first case came out. I was like, I cannot, I can't actually deal with this. I didn't want to do a, a coronavirus episode to begin with because I was just like, I, I just want to get away from it. And it's just gotten worse and snowballed and we've discussed it periodically. But right now, what's, what are you doing to kind of manage your news intake? I, I mean, I think, you know, for me, originally it was... Uh, I was obsessively keeping tabs and updates and just in anticipation of, is there going to be a lockdown? How is that going to affect my family and my income? And because we can't work uh, because of the lockdown, so we can't earn an income, which is really stressful. So um, that originally, I was obsessively looking at the news and social media updates, first and foremost for that. And secondly, also because, of the podcast, I mean, you want to you want to be abreast of things. You don't want to put out content and then it's old news. Mm. So, it, it's part of that was also why I was constantly looking at it. But then, I don't, I, I'm not sure who said it. I read it somewhere, or someone said something one day that the daily updates on once we were on lockdown and the progression had happened, and I could just be like, okay, so this is where I'm at for the next three weeks. Nothing I can do about it now. Um, I remember being very depressed that night. The lockdown was um, announced, and I think I drank half a bottle of gin and uh, <laughs> went to bed and woke up feeling very poorly the next day <laughs> and then had my two small children to deal with the whole day. So that was not the wisest choice. But Somewhere in that commotion, someone said something that don't look at the corona updates or on the on the Institute for Communicable Diseases site as it's not the weather report. Like if you you don't need to know every day unless you unless it helps you to look at it every day. If you're just a person at your job and it's 
you're not working in a new sphere, you know, sphere like like you, Farah. Just look at it once a week or every other day and keep yourself informed. Yeah. When stuff gets sent on my phone, if I open it and I see it's some nonsense or fake news or whatever, I just I respond to the people. I fact check it and respond to the people just mm. to nip it in the bud to make sure that my family aren't the ones spreading it. And for the most part, the the more I've not shut it out, but the more I've distanced myself from it, the better it has been for my psyche. Mm. So every other or third day, I'll check the the numbers, and if there is talk of uh, an address by the president, then I will watch that, and that's it. I'm keeping it to a minimum for now because I don't have the space emotionally, mentally physically or in any other way to to deal with the, the information overload. And mm. to be honest, it's, I, I'm really looking forward to the next update to see what our lockdown, what impact it has had. Um, and like from the, the, the useful, credible sources. And for now, everything else, I'm just drowning it out. Mm. It's, it's the only way I'm able to cope. I am... Um I need to interject here with a shout out for two platforms, one of them being yours, Farah. And that's so uh, coming as a, and I'm, I'm speaking to our audience here, which is typically moms and dads uh, navigating this. And, and also, I'm coming from someone who has a news background, and, but I don't need to stay on top of things. I need to stay on top of parenting news. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it, which I'm so grateful for at this stage. Um, so shout out when it comes to parenting news because what interests me is um, uh, what pregnant women are going through who are about to give birth, what the law is surrounding that. Or um, uh, you shared something today on the site, Farah, about um, that finally, I think, pick and pay clothing and clicks, they're, they're making um, yes. certain products, essential items. Because if you think about it, like women who are about to give birth need vests for their for their newborn babies or women who yes. who give birth to preemies now and yeah. weren't expecting it need to go and get those products and clothes and stuff for their for their new babies. So there's certain things that these stores or government didn't think about that and so now they've been made essential. It's that type of news that I need to stay on top of. So for moms out there who who want to be up to date with parenting stuff, I highly recommend parenting and what Far is doing there because you're do, you are doing an ace job. I know that you're super oh, well. humble about it. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I so anything if I if I go, I have, hey, I've got a question about you know a pregnant woman or um, you know anything else to do with Corona. Ten to one, you've covered it already. Seriously. <laughs> so and that that is helpful. That yeah. is so helpful because it might seem insignificant and unimportant, but. It's a real thing for yeah. a mom with a newborn or expecting a baby. And it's, it's great that you have platforms that are doing that like yours. Sarah. And it, it means moms don't have to sift through government gazettes to see if yes. they can go and get clothes. So, so that's the citizen and parenty. You guys are doing your job uh, phenomenally. And then I, I also have to highlight, I don't know if you guys are aware, uh, Charlene, I think I have shared it with you. The one uh, weekly time I check in to get updates is with uh, Varashni Pillay's new um, platform. It's called explain.co.za. 
And why I love her is because I respect her as a newsmaker, as a journalist, um, you know, from her days at Mail and Guardian. And so mm. I've, I've been following her. And what she does is exactly what I need as a, as a mom and that she takes the news of the week and she um, kind of not condense. she condenses it all, but, but she doesn't lose any information. She's like, this is what you need to know that's important. And then periodically she'll do like updates on social media. So for those looking for factual, um, you know, updates that don't, that you don't have to like sift through a whole newspaper to get to, um, I would highly recommend Explain as well. And bonus, she's a parent. So she also kind of gets why we need this news condensed Ooh. like that. So but yeah. you, know, you just don't have the time. And, <laughs> yeah. and by the time you've gotten to reading through it, a million other things have happened and you're just like, okay, well, this is old news now. Now what? <laughs> yeah. So um, mo- moving on, we also, I mean, okay, look, our kids aren't affected. We've got a, a baby in the midst and then three toddlers between the three of us. Um, so their exposure to the information can be controlled, right? And only Josh, I think, out of all of them are asking, is asking about the coronavirus. Like my three-year-old, it's not, corona's not in his vocabulary. I don't know why, but he's asking a lot of other stuff, but he's not asking about that. (laughs) So, um, our concern at the moment is for parents of older children, let's say teens and preteens who may have access now to social media platforms, um, or they're taking in what adults are saying. So, Farah, as a, a news person who's in it, what would you recommend to parents who are navigating this new world of TikTok? I've heard of Zoom bombing as well. So, so people are innocently having a meeting like we're having now and hackers or something come into the meeting and expose themselves and whatever. It's, I mean, it's crazy what you've been hearing. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, oh so you'll be having God. a Zoom meeting and then people will come in and be like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what, what, are your, what would your advice be, I suppose, um, from a so, journalist's point of view for parents navigating these waters? So I think we need to also just give like our preteens and teens a little bit of credit, mm. firstly, that, you know, um, I think often as parents, we don't want to admit that they might be a little bit smarter than us. So, you know, yes, when it comes to tech, um, you know, let's first start by giving them some credit and some trust. Um, but I think it's important to still have the conversation with them that they need to vet what comes to their phones and what they're accessing online and prepare them for that. We're living in a world of fake news and deep fakes and all of these things. So um, I think that, you know, if you're going to follow this, if parents always say we're going to lead by example. So if you're going to follow the steps to vet the information that's coming, you should follow those steps, but also share those steps with your preteens and teens and say, like, where did you, where's this information coming from? Um, is it from a credible source? Is it from a news source? Have you just seen the video floating around on TikTok? Or have you just seen the video being shared on Instagram? Um, you know, um, has one of your friends created the video and said, this is my theory, and now it's, you know, become kind of like um, gospel within your group of friends as teenagers or preteens. So I think uh, Sam shared uh, 
with me before this chat about uh, you know this really cool um, sort of like guide, like, like a flow yes, diagram. Find, yes, like the flow diagram of like where did you get this information from, and then it's like you know, it, did it come from a credible source? No, then it's fake news. Did it come from wherever? No, then it's fake news. You know, so I think like stuff like that helps, and to just talk about it and to say like, and also to I think show examples. You know, don't hide things from them. They're smart. So give them the, the credit, like I say, and if you're getting something forwarded to you, that if you can clearly see it's fake news, it doesn't come from a credible source, you don't, um, you know, it, it looks like it's kind of like uh, created, but the person doesn't have the, the credibility behind it. They're not a doctor. It doesn't come from the World Health Organization. Then mm. share that with your children to say that this is fake news. Yeah. And this is an example of what fake news looks like. Look, I can't find it anywhere else on a news site um, or it's been marked as uh, fake on a news site. Um, you also get fact-checking sites that they can look at. Um, and also, like, I think also we need to just apply, like, a little bit of common sense, you know? Like, if something sounds fishy, it probably is. Mm. So, um, you know, and that's, you can teach your children that if in this instance also to start trusting their instincts a little bit more. Mm. You know, uh, it's a good learning curve for them as well that if you feel that something isn't right, uh, go and do your research and then you can start learning to trust your instincts a little bit more about what sounds right and what doesn't. I suppose because that empowers them as well. Yeah, um, exactly. And also, I suppose if we if we can help them understand the ramifications of fake news and, and spreading it, it would, I, I know for me certainly, if I knew the, the consequences of fake news, when something lands on my phone, I would look and be like, okay, hold on a minute. Let me check first mm. to make sure that this, even if, if you're not sure. And, and the more you, you deal with that stuff, like you say, Farah, the more your instinct for it, will uh, improve and you'll be able to pick up on on what's fake and what's not. I also um, think it's, like you said, it's also important um, to, to speak to your preteens and teens about the fact that this has become a criminal offense in South Africa and the seriousness of it. You know, um, you may want to go further into the example of, like you said, yeah, guy and saying, you know, he's been charged, mm -hmm. you know, um, and this is how serious it is to share fake news, to not dissect information that you receive, to take everything at face value, that it's that serious that you can be arrested for it. And I think now more than ever is a great time to have that talk to your teens and preteens about social media. Like you've got the opportunity right there in front of you now, you know, um, more than you would under normal circumstances. How do you, uh, like you, under normal circumstances, you're not just going to like randomly bring up a conversation about social media with your teens and pre-teens without sounding like you encroaching on this space. Yeah. Mm. But now you have a chance with all the news and information that's being shared on social media mm. to actually take the conversation even further and start with the fake news and then divulge into um, social media. Yeah, yeah. Farah, I think uh, we'll, we're going to leave it at that. Um, it's great advice uh, that you've given for moms and, um, you know, when it comes to 
consuming media ourselves and also teaching our children to do so. Uh, so keep up uh, the good work Thanks, and yeah. carry on with the good, good carry on with the good fights. Keep fighting the good <laughs> fights. Um, <laughs> we're behind you. We hope you get some some sleep and some rest in a trying time. Um, yeah, and I think what we must also do is just uh, what would be a good thing to disseminate is that flow diagram. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. until next time, and hopefully it's not the last um, time you'll be on The Great Equalizer, thank you for joining us. Well, there you have it. I think she gives such sound advice. You know, yeah, from a seasoned sure. from a seasoned journalist, and so I, I really don't think there's anything more to say. We like we always say, we don't want to add to the noise, right? One hundred percent. And so, I guess, my friend, that's it for this week. Until next time, <laughs> keep your mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. Want something a little more personal? Email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.